Hello, Girl Boss. This is your host, Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO here at Girl Boss. We have a great guest today. She's the CMO of SoFi, Joanne Bradford. And before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about the Girl Boss Rally. You've probably heard of it. It's our twice yearly conference with this time a thousand women heading to New York, Brooklyn to be exact. And it's going to be bigger and better than ever. And that's because it's our first two day Girl Boss Rally extravaganza. Registration is officially open now and not to freak you out, but early nerd registration sold out in 24 hours. So you'll want to swing by girlbossrally.com to reserve your spot ASAP. This time around, we're offering new ticket tiers. You can come by to shop for only $30, attend the day that works for you or stay the whole weekend, whatever you choose. I can't wait to see you there. And we promise it will be an incredible weekend filled with inspiring, intelligent, and daring women who will challenge you and empower you to pursue your version of success. That's G-I-R-L-B-O-S-S-R-A-L-L-Y dot com and at Girl Boss Rally. And remember, if you like what you hear in today's show, it's a big deal. If you go ahead, give us a good rating, review, subscribe, and please tell a friend. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long, we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girlboss Media, and this is Girlboss Radio. Joanne Bradford is an experienced CMO who has a long history of success in media, tech, and the financial services industry. Throughout her career, she's had significant experience leading product marketing, business development and programming, as well as building global sales and marketing teams. The headhunter gave me feedback and said, um, you know, you're not a right, the right fit for them. And I didn't understand the interview process at Microsoft. And what they were looking for was strategic thinking, much more in line with what an MBA does. And so because I was a good salesperson, I begged and borrowed and said, can I please come back and redo my interview? Um, and I was able to redo my interview and ultimately convince them you know, that I should have the job. She's held executive leadership positions at the San Francisco Chronicle, Demand Media, Yahoo, Microsoft, Business Week, and Pinterest. She currently serves as the chief marketing officer of SoFi, a leader in marketplace lending and the largest provider of student loan refinancing. I went into financial services after a very long career in media. So I had to learn everything. You know, I was Googling what's weighted average coupon, Googling what is, you know, really understanding APR, interest rates, terms, all of those things. Um, and I had to learn all of those things. And so I, I like a challenge. But yeah, I feel like I have to prove myself every day. In addition to being SoFi's CMO, she has also just launched a project called Get That Raise, which is a special initiative to equip professionals with the tools to know their value in the workplace and ask for greater compensation. What stands in the way of people's progress with money is usually inertia. So most people should refi their student loans, but they don't because they're just 
too lazy or they'll do it tomorrow. I mean, how many things do you have that you should do tomorrow? And, you know, looking for a job and getting a raise and doing that homework and being prepared and getting your boss to sit down in a productive manner and having that discussion is a lot of work. Today, Joanne is here to share her tips on how to ask for a raise, how to successfully navigate male-dominated industries, and her advice on how to become a CMO or chief marketing officer. Now, let's get to it. Here's my chat with SoFi CMO, Joanne Bradford. I would like to know, what was your first job? Oh, my first job, um, I used to iron clothes for my neighbor, and then I started scooping ice cream um, and uh, worked at a dry cleaner. Um, And then I was a terrible student. Uh, And when I went to junior college, I worked at my college newspaper. Um, And then I went to San Diego State, and I went to work at the college newspaper, and I said, do you pay? And they said, we pay across the hall where they sell ads, but not where you write the content. So I went across the hall because I wanted to make money. So do you think any of those early roles prepared you for where you are today? What did you learn in those early roles? Because I think a lot of the time we start somewhere and we're like, oh, my God, like, how does this apply to what I'm going to do next? And a lot of the time, I, I think those early jobs can really subsidize what your future becomes. And you carry those you carry those things with you uh, through your entire career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, scooping ice cream, I learned how to clean up a mess, and I still do that some days in, in life. Um, but really, the things that I learned were, you know, you always have to show up, you have to, you know, work a little harder than most folks. And then you can't be afraid to ask for more responsibility. So, you know, I always knew I didn't want to do the lowest rung jobs. So I would try to figure out how I could get the next job, the next job, the manager, you know, get the keys to the dry cleaner. Um, At my college newspaper, I had to um, hire 20 people to go sell ads. So I had to learn how to manage them. Um, I had to learn how to motivate them and train them. Um, And it was really a challenge. And, you know, I would read books and ask people. And then I would just copy a lot of people. Anything that I saw that I liked that they did, I would try to do it. But it was really a lot of uh, self-teaching in the in the early days of, of my career. And I think that's what people have to do today. My first job uh, was in the Macy's management program when I got out of college. And I was really fortunate that they had a management program where they taught you things and skills. And then I went to McGraw-Hill um, and worked at Business Week. And they had a management program where they really invested in your training and skills. And I'm really thankful for for all of that help and advice along the way. I don't think that really exists today in companies. Mm-hmm. So people have to find tools and other places to to get those things. Does the Macy's training program no longer exist? Because in my you know years in retail, it was always this legendary program that such so many great people began their careers in. Yeah, it was a uh, it was really a great program. I actually met my husband. He was in my class in that program, and you learned how to merchandise and deal with a P and L, and you know deal with buyers and sellers. I don't know if that program exists, but it was it was a lot of fun and it was super challenging. They made you do a rotation in the store, a rotation in the buying office, a rotation in the merchandising office. So you got to see all sides of things, and you know not everybody succeeded. And so you know we started off in a class of 30. Um, After a year, there were 20 of us. After a year and a half, there were 15 of us. So, you know, you see people come and go and find what they love to do and what they don't love to do. 
San Diego State is, you know, it's it's not a UC, it's not a Ivy League school, and I would imagine that many many people in your position, you're surrounded by MBAs and Stanford graduates. Do you feel like you've had to prove yourself over the over the course of your career and work a little bit harder than than your peers because of that, or or no? Yeah, I would say I worked at Business Week magazine for a long time and asked for a territory um, in a place called San Jose and Silicon Valley where there was nobody selling ads and went and sold the first ads to Hewlett Packard and Cisco and Intel. Um, and I spent 13 years there and it was an amazing experience and opportunity. Um, and then I wanted to go work in tech and and I've written a little bit about this story, but I um, went to interview for the chief revenue officer at Microsoft, which I ended up getting, but I bombed the first interview. Um, I went there and I tried to sell them on me. And the headhunter gave me feedback and said, um, you know, you're not a right, the right fit for them. And I didn't understand the interview process at Microsoft. And what they were looking for was strategic thinking, much more in line with what an MBA does. And so because I was a good salesperson, I begged and borrowed and said, can I please come back and redo my interview? Um, and I was able to redo my interview and ultimately convince them you know, that I should have the job. The other thing, it was 2001 and nobody wanted to work in the internet. The bubble had burst. People didn't think the internet was going to work. Um, I'm sure there's been a, a moment in time on podcasts on that. Um, but I went there and we grew a business into a multi-billion dollar business that's still thriving and it was a lot of fun, but you know, you couldn't Google how to interview at Microsoft because Google didn't exist then. <laughs> but you know, it was trial and error, and um, sort of never taking no for an answer, and always trying to get feedback. Um, it's not easy. Like it's you know, and every day I still feel like you know I need to to prove myself. And you know, my my present job as the CFO, uh, CMO of uh, SoFi Social Finance, um, is. You know, I went into financial services after a very long career in media. So I had to learn everything. You know, I was Googling what's weighted average coupon, Googling what is, you know, really understanding APR, interest rates, terms, all of those things. Um, and I had to learn all of those things. And so I, I like a challenge. But yeah, I feel like I have to prove myself every day, even even at this point in my career. Joanne has worked for many different companies in high-ranking positions and was even a founding advisor to Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. So she's a bit of an expert when it comes to asking for a greater compensation. She shared her top tips for how to ask to get a raise. At SoFi, we're working on um, a program uh, that launches uh, today called Get That Raise. Um, you know, most people don't ask for a raise. And when you ask for a raise, you usually get it. 57% um, of people feel like they're underpaid, but only a third will ask for a raise. And, you know, preparing for that. So I have a, a daughter who's two years into her career who will kill me for saying this, but she just uh, recently asked for a raise. And I helped her prepare it. And I said, look, people come in and just ask me for a raise, but they don't tell me how they're going to help me. They don't tell me what they're going to do for me, how they're going to help my business, how they're going to advance, how they're going to make my life easier. So 
you know, she wrote a little document that uh, was along those lines. She was able to get a raise. She wants more of a raise, but it was at least she was prepared for the discussion. It wasn't just, hey, come in here and get a raise. And I found that in my whole career. Like, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the other person. What are you trying to solve for them? You can't put a problem on someone else's lap if you're trying to sell them, if you're trying to convince them of something. You've got to really give them a solution. And I know that sounds very trite and simple, but if you do your work with that approach, I think it will pay off. And I, I can give you, you know, a hundred examples of that. Um, it's not always easy, and you have to remind yourself, like, solve the problem for the person on the other side of the desk versus yourself first, mm-hmm. um, because I think great reward comes with that kind of approach. How long do you think you have to work at a company? Someone should have to work at a company before asking for a raise. I I think there's three things that you should think about when you ask for a raise. You know, number one is your experience. Number two is your your contribution. And then number three is if you're actually willing to quit. So, you know, I, I think, you know, if you think the market conditions are such that you're really undervalued and the job market is hot in San Francisco, it's a very hot job market. But, you know, in other parts of the country, it's not that easy to get a job. So, you know, you've got to weigh those odds and and prepare for it. Um, the Also, the other thing that I think is most interesting for people is that they're very challenged to change things. You know, as much as people want to change things in their life, actually doing it is very difficult. You know, one of the things I've learned working at SoFi is that what stands in the way of people's progress with money is usually inertia. So most people should refi their student loans, but they don't because they're just too lazy or they'll do it tomorrow. I mean, how many things do you have that you should do tomorrow? Um, And, you know, looking for a job and getting a raise and doing that homework and being prepared and getting your boss to sit down in a productive manner and having that discussion discussion is a lot of work. And most people just put it off and they're too lazy. I don't actually think that, uh, that you know, people really proactively manage their life as, uh, as well as they should on the career front and the financial front. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they put much more work into their relationships. Um, sometimes the tools are easier. You know, I have lots of People at work, uh, Tinder didn't exist when I met my husband, but I, that's, that's an easy tool to use to sort through, you know, potential relationships. Um, I think that needs to happen in uh, financial services and in career. I don't really think it's, it's that easy to go figure out what you're worth, what your skill sets you need are, and how you should go about it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's kind of at the core of what we do and talk about every day here at Girl Boss, yeah. which is just being an active participant in your life. And often people don't really tell you that. And it's natural for some people. And then for, you know, the rest of us, we're waiting for things to fall in our lap. We're waiting for that mentor to show up. We're waiting for that job to present itself. And nothing comes easy. It doesn't matter how much experience you have, you know, what position you're in, how much of a great head start you have, like, you know, or how high of a performer you are like nobody's really thinking about you I think like you have to remember that everybody's so caught up in their lives and their drama and their raises and you know even if they're managing you you know whether they're a great manager or not there's always going to be that dynamic where people aren't sitting around focused on you so you have to advocate for yourself and one of those things you just mentioned is negotiating and you were mentioning you were talking about negotiating a raise but i think you know the the kind of 
principles of negotiating the, a raise in the way that you described is something that, you know, I'd like to unpack just a little bit because yeah, those absolutely. themes, you know, span any kind of negotiation. And I think, you know, what you described is like, you know, one scarcity, like how much scarcity is there? You know, that's negotiating leverage. And, you know, you're talking about a hot job market, but that could be anything. It could be buying a rug like, you know, it could be how many buyers there are to buy that vintage rug. And like, do you have leverage because there's no one else walking in the door at that antique shop? Um you have to know what you're willing to accept or not. Will you walk away? Like, what is the threshold for you to say, you know what, this isn't worth my time? And then, you know, knowing your value, bringing that to the table and being able to articulate that. So I just, you know, that's, those are all such kind of universal principles for negotiation that I think spans like everything that we do. Joanne's company, SoFi, specializes in student loan refinancing. So she revealed her best advice for how to get out from under student loan debt. Yeah. So SoFi um, stands for social finance and company started about six years doing student loan refinancing. So, you know, you graduate from school, the average person um, has about $35,000 in debt. If you have an MBA or your doctor, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. It's usually at a high interest rate. You get a job, you work for a few years and you refinance your loan to a lower rate because of your income and your credit worthiness and, you know, other factors. And you refinance your loan and you can save thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. So I've seen people that have taken their loan payment, cut the amount in half by lowering their interest rates or paid off their loan sooner by using SoFi. We were one of the only people offering that product when we started. Since then, we've also added personal loans, which is credit card debt consolidation, quick personal loans for home loans and other things. People use them sometimes for medical emergencies, for divorce, for other things. When you need a personal loan, you don't want to liquidate assets or you don't have access to cash. We also do mortgages. We have a investment product, which is a robo-advisor with human help on it. So you can call up and work through a plan. And we have a debit card, which is sort of a checking account meets a savings account because you never get both of those things. I think it's a little bit peanut butter and chocolate. And so SoFi has tried to serve people that fall between, you know, go into your local branch and figure out something else. And what we've tried to do is align with your ambition in life, um, that you have goals, that maybe you want to get out of your student loan debt, have a home, go travel, go do those things. And so we want you to have enough financial independence that you can make the right decisions in your life. 